0: Hey, it's Justin. And before we jump into today's podcast, we just want to thank you. We know you have a choice in what you listen to, and we are thankful for you. Every month we shine a light on our top performing, most downloaded podcast episodes, and you're getting one of those this week. Enjoy, and remember that every winner started as a contender. Welcome to ContenderCast, a leadership conversation centered on shining a light on bright ideas. And now here's your host, Justin Hahnemann. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for downloading. This is the Contender Cast. It's Justin Hahnemann, we are shining a light on bright ideas. And today we're back in the consumer goods space. I'm very, very excited because on the podcast today is one of my good friends in the consumer goods and retail space, Bonnie Sussman Strominger. Bonnie, it's awesome having you on the podcast.
1: Thanks so much, Justin. Happy to be here.
0: We have been trying to coordinate this for a couple of weeks. And so I'm so glad we finally were able to work this out. Absolutely. Um, all right. So, for those of you that don't know Bonnie, she is the founder and CEO of this very cool company called Go Lids. And they create lids for the food and beverage industry. And we're going to talk all about how this company got launched, um, where they are today, designing this product and getting it to market and all the things around that. So, you guys are really going to enjoy this conversation. So, Bonnie, um, let's dive in with. With, you know, you looking at your career in 2012. What got you so fired up and and whatnot to go and launch this company called GoLids?
1: Well, you know, I started out in the corporate world, really, and I was in that space for decades. Yes, and I really found a void in the market. It all really stemmed from my own personal experiences that I had had. Uh, I won't go into all the details. <laughs> But there was there was one aha moment in a movie theater.
0: Oh, tell me about I that. <laughs> a,
1: I took a big dive oh. um, on a very bad date, oh, and I was no. carrying everything. I had the popcorn, the soda, I had everything in my hands. I didn't really know why, except that I thought maybe he had special seats, but he didn't have any seats. And I got stuck on this man's knee in the center row trying to climb in. And I took a tumble and I soaked a, a row of people. Oh I no. soaked a dozen people <laughs> with popcorn and candy and soda. I mean, you name it. There were cups everywhere. It was a disaster. And <laughs> and that you know, this was a really long time ago. It was really the aha moment where you think of something. But a lot of people think of an idea and they don't necessarily go home and start the iteration. They don't process.
0: catch it. They don't capture the idea. Exactly.
1: Right. They, they, you go home and you think about it and you, it, it kind of festers in your mind and then you sit on it for a while um, and that's really what happened. We didn't really start to migrate into let's do this into really until smartphones came out.
0: Interesting. Okay. Because
1: when cell phones came out, those, those were in everyone's pocket, you know, and you weren't necessarily walking around with that phone in your hands all day because if it rang, you know, all it did was Make a phone call, and you can text. Right, but when when the smartphone came out, now everyone is posting and sharing, and we're all using this yeah. vehicle. You're walking our hands with for it business. in
0: the hand every day. Exactly.
1: We're scheduling appointments. We're even FaceTiming with teammates. Uh, you know whatnot. There's nothing you can't do on there. And that's when I really said that this is something that there's a void. You know, you get your best ideas out in the world.
0: No you question. You go
1: outside and you walk around. <laughs> and if you really observe. Yep. Those are the moments when your best ideas come to mind. Because you see what people struggle with out in the street.
0: No question. And
1: at a ballpark. You just notice things. And you see someone fall in a salad trap in Manhattan. <laughs> well, you know, I hate to say that I've seen that happen. With someone texting and falling into a trap in the, in the ground where they right. keep food. Oh, yeah. Some of the restaurants. Yeah. But you do, you see those things and you start to realize. So that's really where it all began. It was smartphones came out. Everyone lost a hand, so to speak.
0: Sure. Everyone, lo- I love that phrase. Everyone lost a hand. And then you had this kind of, this this incident. And so you have this idea, you actually caught it because you, you know, you remembered it and kind of, and, and you were curious about it. And so what made you take the step to say, you know, maybe we could come up with a solution for this in the food and beverage space.
1: Honestly, the truth is I started making prototypes by myself. Hmm. You know, a lot of people start that way. And I, I just created one literally cutting and, and putting one together. I still have it today. It's quite the (laughs) site. I'm Um, sure. (laughs) You wouldn't really want to lay your eyes on it. We certainly wouldn't post a video of that on On LinkedIn.
0: LinkedIn. Nice. (laughs) Um,
1: But, you know, you start off and you sketch and you start iterating and coming up with different ideas and how it should function and how it should work. And it's a super lengthy process. If you want to design something around really design thinking. No question. User experience and functionality. For customer, you know, experience is really all centered around the consumer.
0: Well, and so, all right. So, I, I love that. So, you 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 kind of you come up with something. You probably started vetting it with some different people to ask them what they think. You've tried it yourself a little bit. You know, still kind of a I don't want to call it a prototype, but almost a mock up. So, how did you decide? You know, maybe this has legs, and now I'm going to go take the time to find a manufacturing partner or you know, uh, someone to help me actually make something that could work.
1: Yeah, that's pretty much what we did. Um, well, I want to back up for one second and say that because I did not come out of the food and beverage industry. Right. So I needed, you know, if you're going to get into this sector, you have to know everything there is to know. Right. And, and, and you Especially still don't if you're going to sell everything. in
0: that sector, right? If you're going right. to be selling in so to retailers and whatnot.
1: You're still learning. I'm still learning every day. But when you start out, the brightest and best thing you can do is surround yourself with people way smarter than yourself.
0: Yeah, and you created, I'll call it an advisory board of people that were from across the industry, from QSR, food service, and- Former
1: Coca-Cola, former Pepsi, former Dr. Pepper. Yep. You know, people that really knew the industry and that I could learn from. And that's what I think any smart entrepreneur should do is surround yourself with just genius that you can learn from and take all the best of them that they can offer and and lift you up and, and come together as a team. You know, without that, you, you're going to have a very difficult time, I think.
0: No, no question. I... I you know, from the entrepreneurs that I've interviewed on this podcast and that I know, you know, friends of mine, that's one of the the traits that I find every time that they have surrounded themselves with people that are open to helping, that providing the real feedback, providing coaching and whether it's good or bad, but they're going to give you the real input, the real insight and may also have some of the connections you need, right? To, to find a manufacturer, to find prototype developers, to find designers, to find marketing and brand people. I mean, that's... And a lot of those people, they would like to be involved in something that's growing, right? That's, that's why a lot of them do it.
1: It's true. I mean, when there's a, you know, startups are exciting. We're agile. Uh, there's constant pivoting going on. And it's not for everybody. It certainly is not for the faint of heart, as we know.
0: Yeah, well, look, I mean, you launched in 2012, and here we are, you, you know, just brought product to market late last year. You know, it's not a fast process when you're developing a product.
1: It's not, actually. And we, we had a very early stage opportunity. I'm um, not going to mention the company, but we learned a lesson, which was that you have to be ready for those opportunities. <laughs> and sometimes you find out uh, after the fact that you weren't ready.
0: Yeah. And this is in t- it's an interesting one. And yeah, we won't talk to the company name. But when you talk about being ready, you, what you really mean is you know bringing product that may still be, quote unquote, in development in front of a client or customer that could or, <laughs> place a massive order before you have a real finished product, right?
1: Basically, yes. I mean, it, you know, being ready in terms of commercialization, being ready in terms of having manufacturing really nailed down. You know, not we've prototyped a little bit, but we've run we've run production. We know how this thing comes out of of the tooling.
0: You know, all the
1: details that can that can derail you. No question. That you don't know that you just don't plan for. You think everything is going to go great and it doesn't
0: right and for those for that,
1: anybody really
0: and no question for those that may not be familiar with I'll, I'll call it the consumer product development process so you're talking about lids here that would go over a cup and hold food and, and we'll talk about that in a minute but that's not such a simple proposition right so there's an initial mock-up or design that Bonnie put together um, then she had to find a company that could create a prototype. And right, you know, today there are 3D printers you could use to do that, but I'm sure, Bonnie, when you started this, that didn't really exist. And then you get into the process of creating what's called tooling. And creating tooling costs a lot of money up front before you even know if it works, right? And so I know, Bonnie, you went through a couple of iterations of your product where it started off a different size and whatnot and had to evolve that over time, right?
1: Yes. And we are literally at this stage at iteration number probably 30. Wow. Oh my gosh. The engineering, you know, the goal is they're so highly functional and I felt just super strong that if we're going to develop a solution, it has to be a phenomenal solution.
0: Absolutely. It,
1: It can't lack key features and we'll get into that in a minute. Sure. But there are certain things about the product where we really stand out and differentiate in the market that I felt were absolutely, you know, non-starters if we can't have them.
0: Sure. Well, I think that's a great segue. So why don't you talk about your why? In other words, like what were the the issues you were looking to solve and then the metrics around that, like incidents and whatnot?
1: Yeah. The, you know, obviously the customer, that's a given. Everybody can see that handheld convenience right now is, is paramount and convenience in general. And it's really all stems from convenience. I always say we do sell lids. But what we're really selling is convenience. Just as what Uber is selling is convenience. Amazon, convenience. All of these companies, it's all based around the model of convenience. And how much easier, how much faster um, can we get it? How can we skip the line? How can we grab and go faster, faster, faster? And so for GoLids, you know, the, customers, the consumer side of it is easy to understand. The business side, and we're B2B. You know, we're selling the businesses. And so, yes, they want, of course, to please their consumers. That's their lifeline. At the end of the day, that's who's in charge of everyone. They're they're, they're all of our bosses because they can put you out uh, in a heartbeat if they're not happy as as your customers. So that side is clear. But for the business side, it's really centered on like incidents, food and beverage incidents, uh, check average, ounces all developed around this model of what can, how does Golig feed into that? And, you know, one of our propositions is obviously incidents, food and beverage incidents being low in certain places, depending on the company. Um, A food brand, for instance, offers food thats their core. And so when people say, let's go to brand X to a food brand, they're talking about the food. Very few people will say, let's go here and get a beverage when that brand is known for food. If it's a beverage brand, it's the reverse. You say, let's go there and get a beverage. But when you arrive, of course, they want to upsell you some of their food. Right. Like Starbucks. Exactly. exactly. (laughs) So, you know, they want to upsell a bagel or a donut. If you talk about a McDonald's, they want to upsell a Coca-Cola.
0: Right. Exactly. But you're going
1: there for the Big Mac, that's correct, um, or some of their food items because that's what they're known for. And so, what Golitz can offer is the fact that it combos and makes it easy to say yes. Um, not only does it drive ounces, you know, potentially selling more ounces. We all know that liquid ounces is where it's at. I mean, the bottled bottled beverages obviously are not going anywhere soon, but they make a lot more margin.
0: Oh yeah, no question. I mean, food service, and iced yeah.
1: coffee and smoothies.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, I spent a lot of time at Coca Cola, and I mean, food service and that the fountain business is, uh, you know, it's, it's a very profitable business for the the retailers out there and food distributors and gas stations and whatnot that that you know provide those beverages, right? Versus bottle Absolutely. cam, which is a high, little higher cost. So,
1: so you know, we pretty much can clip onto. We do clip onto every single food service cup out there within size categories. Um, and it's universal. So we can clip on to if you take 10 brands and you take their size cup from a 29 ounce to a 33 ounce, right. the lid in that size category clips on to everyone. We've we've probably clipped <laughs> and tested about 100,000 cups. <laughs> I can
0: only imagine.
1: <laughs> At this stage. Wow. Yeah, you can just imagine what the office looks like. It yeah, it comes everywhere. Lids cups everywhere. Dangling from every office over here. <laughs> And 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 then the other aspect is the value add upsell. You know, people obviously these brands want to upsell. They want you to leave with food and beverage. They want you to leave with everything that they offer. But because grab and go, because it's a rushed world we're living in and everyone is just run, 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 it's got there's got to be some value add. There's gotta be a reason for them to say, Okay, I will have a bagel. I would like a donut. Um And it doesn't have to be an unhealthy offering. Can be healthy. Can be salads. Can be fruit salad. Can be anything that they're looking to offer. Even for the CPG companies, for the packaged goods. You know, we look at Go as more of a convenience vehicle. It's just a vehicle that's making it easy to purchase whatever it is that you're going to add to that check average. Right. Um,
0: Makes sense. Yeah.
1: So you know, that's the that's the solution we bring for the businesses. And of course, we realized over time that without the solution. For that side of it, replacing the commodity lid, you know, the sunk cost of a supply. And really, that's what a, a standard lid, really standard supplies in general. They're pure cost. But you cannot run your business without them. You can't sell a beverage without a lid. You can't sell a salad without a bowl. Uh, <laughs> you can't sell a burger without a box. So these are all supply costs. That is an immense expense for them. That doesn't generate revenue. It supports sales, but it can't generate revenue. That's what truly makes Golad unique. It's it's replacing the standard commodity lid and actually generating
0: driving an revenue. Check
1: average. Yep. Yeah. Love
0: that. So I get it that you know you you had all different versions of product and lids and cups and whatnot. So one of the keys obviously from here is like growing the business, right? So and I know you've had lots of meetings with different Clients out there, QSRs, drive throughs convenience stores, stadiums, theaters, theme parks. I mean, this is like your sweet spot. So talk about acquiring customers and like growing the business.
1: For us, growing it right now is gathering the data, analyzing the metrics. Um, You know, one key thing that's coming in from the accounts around the country that have it at the moment from the East Coast and the West Coast is the check average.
0: Ah, interesting. We're
1: getting back. Yeah, they're getting an average of $2 increase on their check average. Wow, that's pretty significant. It's significant, it's tremendous. And it is really all centered around these offerings that are, you know, consumers coming in and seeing this lid. A, they're they're intrigued by it, but most of all, what they're most uh, taken with is the fact that it's handheld. People come in, they have phones, they have laptops, they've got children, strollers, you know, you name it. We're all bogged down all day long with packages and briefcases and and all kinds of stuff. And when you make it convenient, again, that's what people pay for. We pay up for convenience, all of us, every day. So that's what these QSRs and accounts are telling us, that they're coming in and they're seeing it. Obviously, the marketing plays a big role here. Um, You know, the fact that the product is clear, that you can see into it, you know, people eat with their eyes, so to speak. So... When someone's online and they're walking away with this, with this drink and this lid on top and you see the food, you, you naturally want to ask the person at the counter or the drive-thru or whoever, what is that? Show it to me. And the second they say, oh, that's Golids. that's a combo, would you like to try that? It's, it's, a, it's a, absolutely, uh, you know, that looks super convenient. So that's one way is analyzing the, the data, the metrics. Um, at the end of the day, data, obviously, as we know, is, is king and always tells a real story about a product and how successful it's going to be right now and going forward. You know, is it sustainable? Can they really build incremental growth with this product?
0: Sure. Well, and the other I, aspect yeah, go is ahead. the yeah.
1: customer experience side.
0: All right. Talk you about know? that piece then.
1: The customer experience. And we've gone out. We've interviewed at this stage, hundreds of consumers.
0: Yes, and for those of you that want to see some of those videos, you can go check out Bonnie on LinkedIn. She's got amazing videos in the space. Or yeah, website. well, we have yep. some
1: people that we work with and customer testimonials and even you know live close-up stuff that you see what's going on and how simplistic the product is. You know, the operational angle here is a deal breaker if it's not right, meaning that the product has to operate flawlessly into their operations That was one of the things that's so long is that every feature has to function you know for the average friend people behind it who are the ones actually using this and it if any going which is great to hear is it speeding
0: Operations up. Well, that's pretty. Yeah, I, I can see that being the focus, right? Customer experience, and then on the on the cust- on the client side is you know how do you make how do you drive increased sales in the data piece of it. So all right, And now you've grown this business. You're you're now you've, you're out in market. You're acquiring customers and looking for that momentum. I'll call it that comes from picking up, you know, customers and and them talking to other customers and more and more after that. So talk about. Some of the lessons learned? Like, what would be two or three big things you've learned from starting, launching the business, and getting to market?
1: I would say that there are a couple of key things. Uh, one thing is for us, and maybe this is different company to company, but developing a solution for especially a B2B target audience, that solution has to be flawless and it just can't lack, it can't lack key, uh, key aspects. Um, from functionality to operations, so that's really owning the process on the side of the business. Um, the other lessons, like I mentioned earlier, you have to really know that you can deliver.
0: Right, I can you know, see that. If you're that. going
1: to take on a large national account, you've got to really be able to sit down and analyze the metrics and look at look at your bandwidth and and know that you can deliver the product on a consistent basis. There's nothing worse than launching a product that can't be delivered.
0: Right. I can't imagine you'd keep the customer for long, right? If <laughs> you exactly. can't complete orders.
1: And, and that's the other thing is you want to develop a relationship with that customer. They certainly don't want to offer this, this great product to their consumers only to find out that they can't get it or that you're out of stock or you can't fill orders or they can't rely on you. And I think it takes time to build that momentum and take time to, to, to earn that trust that you can, in fact, deliver on a regular basis. And it takes time to be able to do that. We're now in a great position. We have a phenomenal manufacturing partner.
0: Which is huge. I mean, when you have a product, having a good partner in that space, I, I've found, you know, <laughs> from my own experience, also critical, right?
1: Absolutely. It, it's, it's crucial. So they're, they're a tremendous partner. They're in this with us. And I know that we can, you know, we can operate on all cylinders. And I can honestly say years ago, we were not in that position. You know, we might have been able to operate at some level, but not at the point where we are able to go out and say to a national account, of course, we can handle this business. And I think that's that's one of the mistakes we've made early on. Sure. Is thinking that you can do something that you can't do and failing. But ultimately, as everyone knows, you fail. Hopefully, you get back up. And you keep going and you find a solution.
0: Right. Another thing that you've talked about is, you know, building awareness and marketing. And I think of people that I've seen that launch products, consumer products, you do one of the best jobs of like getting the word out and using video, for example. Talk about that as one of the things you've learned as well.
1: I think the video is crucial. And I think it's been a game changer for us. You know, depending on a product, if you look at a picture of uh, a delicious bag of potato chips. It's very easy to understand. We all know what a potato chip is. We can imagine if it's a jalapeno, delicious new flavor, you can imagine what that tastes like. But when you see a product that's pure innovation, uh, it, it's hard, you know, the pictures, unfortunately, they're good, but they're not good enough where you really understand the product. You know, golids start flat, they nest, for storage.
0: Oh, interesting. Yep. For
1: operations, but if you look at the picture, they look like big containers. Well, right. If I was a QSR or an operation, any in, in any food service channel, you sit and wonder. Well, what are we going to do with this? We'd have to. We'd have to purchase another stadium just for the inventory. <laughs> just to hold the inventory. <laughs> where are you? Where are we going to put these gigantic containers all over the place? And so they don't know that you know fifty stack without falling over. Um, and nest into an area. So there are key things you can communicate. So has given us this platform to get, you know, take the cameras, go behind the counter, watch them fill in order. Um, show them that we, you know, from from start to finish, is completed in seven seconds. You know, that they, they can go that quickly. You know, there are key places where speed, speed is crucial no matter where you are. But certain areas, like especially the drive-through right? That's an area where every QSR out there, crucial importance.
0: I can see you that know, being you, huge for you guys. I mean, you just hand one thing to the driver, you know, it's easily accessed, managed, you know what I mean?
1: Right. Like it's, so it's can, right in the cup holder. Right. Exactly. There's no box. There's no bag. There's no mess in the car. You know, there's been studies done back when by a couple of beverage companies on the drive through and it overwhelmingly came back with a large number of consumers that didn't want to take beverage in the car because it's a mess. And with GoLids, you know, what, when you go to stab your straw into the uh, receptacle area, you hit air because it's off. It's, it's, it's literally pushed up off the cup. So there is no mess. The whole thing houses. And there have been companies that have innovated for the cup holder, for food to actually go in the cup holder. But then you have to wonder, If the food is going in the cup holder, what happens to the beverage incidence of that? (laughs) It goes down. (laughs) Right. You know, so now your food is in the cup holder. Where does the beverage go? In your lap?
0: Right. In the door?
1: (laughs) Right. So I could see the mindset of of the innovation and of that packaging. It just doesn't hit all targets overall.
0: Yeah. I also think theme parks, I mean, you think about walking around a theme park with one thing in left hand, phone in the right, you know, just. Much easier. And and,
1: and, and screaming children <laughs> right, in your solar. Right. Um, th- you know, that is just not, uh, that, that's, the theme park is a given. I mean, that's just the place, stadiums, theme parks, those are places where you are literally trapped. And it's also even the airport, you know, it goes back to convenience. When you're there and they, and they sell you a $5 bottle of water, is it worth it? No, it isn't worth it. But the reality is you're there and you either die of thirst or you pay $5 for the bottle of water. Personally, when I go to the airport, I recently was traveling and I had the lid with me. You know, I I take the lid with me wherever I go. And the response is sometimes comical. People tapping me on the shoulder. Where did you get it? What brand? You know, depending what cup it's clipped to, because it does clip to so many cups, people misunderstand. So they ask me, did you get it? here did you get it there it, you know it's it's the whole thing but it's super convenient it, it's just you know the cover itself the fact that there's a cover on it and there's a lock in the front is really the best part because you can you know no one walks around like a robot with their hands standing straight up at a perfect at a angle so you tilt it you move it and it just nothing will happen
0: no, I, I think it's, it, it's cool. And it's really exciting to see you guys grow, especially with the space that's just evolving and, and booming, I'll, I'll say, um, in, in so many different venues. So, all right, Bonnie, where can our listeners find you, learn more about you, learn more about the company, check out the product, you know, all of that?
1: They can find us on LinkedIn.
0: Of course. <laughs> of course,
1: because we're all, we're all over LinkedIn. We're on Twitter. We are on Instagram. We are on YouTube, so we have a pretty decent presence on all those platforms. And then, of course, golids.com And what's great is right now we are uh, ripping down our website and putting up this amazing new website.
0: That's pretty awesome. No, that's yeah, great. It's,
1: it's going to be fantastic, and it's not done quite yet, but we're getting there. And it's really going to be more of a user experience. There are going to be some really cool features on there that will allow you know, a customer of course, you know, B2B customer to go on there and really deep and really engage and deep dive and get a close up, you know, really closer look at the product and maybe even, well, I don't want to, I don't want to reveal all the tricks. I, don't, <laughs> I, I was just about to reveal one of them, but I think I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> there's some people looking at me thinking she's not really, she's she going to do that.
0: Right. Um, I'm sure.
1: No, I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm zipping it. Uh, but they, yeah, that's. I think the website's going to be key, and then of course, you know, we got we have reps around the country, and so we're very responsive. And I think the best thing, really, it, it's it's our team. I love that. It's it's our team is what makes this happen.
0: Yeah, it's all about the people. And
1: what's great is everyone loves to get on a call. You know, I know nobody loves to get on long-winded phone calls and spend a ton of time investigating a product or, you know, what they perceive to be a typical food service package, you know, how exciting can that be? (laughs) Right. Um, (laughs) You know, who wants to discuss a package for more than five minutes? But what happens really on the phone calls is amazing because there's a lot of misconception about what it is and how it works. And when we get on the call and we explain it and what it's replacing and what it can do, it's, it's a magical phone call. It really turns into a real discussion about strategy and driving business. And I want to say one more thing. What I think the greatest proposition of all is how many companies this can touch at one time. Meaning that due to, due to strategic partnerships, and some of which I can't divulge at the moment, there can be two, three, even four companies getting involved with this lid. From marketing on top of the lid, you know, we can market. Uh, we can, got
0: it. Yep, I can see we that. We can
1: brand on the lid. It's a fantastic vehicle to brand. So we can brand the lid. So now you've got the company carrying it, potentially the beverage company, that's part of it since we're clipping to the cup, potentially another entertainment company that wants some real estate on top of the lid sure. and recognition sure. for where you're standing. So it's great that one product can touch so many different areas hmm. and actually that's have an effect for the for those companies. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that's actually a great... Uh, proposition, something I hadn't thought about. That's awesome.
1: And there'll be information on the lid, you know, when talk about where to find it and whatnot, depending on the company, they can put their app on there, you know, all kinds of information leading you to other places to find more information about those products. Right.
0: Just does not have to be the clear, typical, you know, plastic lid. So that's awesome.
1: And of course, Go lids goes on the bottom in the corner.
0: <laughs> <laughs> of course, it's part of your brand. You know, for anyone who's <laughs> listening,
1: um, we <laughs> that's another lesson we learned is, Take your name off the product in the front.
0: <laughs> right.
1: We did have our name embedded into uh, in the plastic. the plastic. Oh my god! And a couple of companies, you know, said you're, you're going to take your name off of here, right? <laughs>
0: if you're going you go to go underneath,
1: like all the other packaging companies do, underneath the lid, oh somewhere god. off in the corner. Right. So yes, of course. And I also want to say one more thing is that the, <laughs> <laughs> I keep thinking that I want to add one thing, and that's about. This is a big topic. It's about sustainability and the environment because we've gotten a lot of inquiries and there's a lot of misconception about plastics and those that can be recycled, those that cannot be recycled. The best thing we're doing is using already renewed material.
0: Oh, wow. That's great. So
1: we're not, we're never purchasing new pet material.
0: We're using renewed
1: materials that have already been recycled, Recycled, FDA approved. And so it's more repurposed. The material. That's an initiative going forward that we'll continue to build on. And obviously, the ultimate goal is moving towards full compostability.
0: That's awesome. I love that. Well, Bonnie, it has been awesome having you on the podcast. Thank you so much for uh, jumping on.
1: Thank you so much for having me and much continued success. I know everyone's really enjoying mm. all of your interviews that you're putting out. Well, oh, I think great.
0: this one's been a blast and I'm so glad we can make it happen.
1: Thank you. I'm very excited I can't to hear it.
0: Thank you for joining us on The Contender Cast. You can download additional Contender Cast episodes directly via the Apple iTunes App Store, the Google Play Store, Spotify, and other preferred podcast platforms. If you would like to be a guest on The Contender Cast, connect with us at contenderbrands.com. This is Brian Benson reminding you that every winner started as a contender.